above below. One has a plan, but both must go. Though the man above might say hello, expect no love from the beast below. How far is a spaceship? I'm in the future. Like hundreds of years in the future. Those things, the smiling fellas in the booze, they're everywhere. There's a darkness in the heart of the spaceship. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and welcoming back, as always, I want to start with this time, Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Fantastic, and great, uh, very glad to be here in the all-new Discussing Who. Yes, new era, new numbering, we're in the 200s, we've made it out of the 100s, and you're so fantastic, maybe Mr. Fantastic, or is that the wrong oh. podcast? <laughs> right. Uh, no, I don't know, but it's. Uh, I'm just having a look around in here, it's amazing. I mean, you've redecorated. And uh, do you like it? I don't like it. Oh, you know. No, no, do. It's, it's, it's fabulous. It really is. So uh, I, I wish everybody could see what the inside of our podcast looks like. But yeah. it's. Uh, and the inside of my brain. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. probably someone who would be scared out of you know what or where or whoever went to be inside the brain, and that is me. Welcome back, Clarence Brown. How's that for an introduction? Uh, scared to be inside your brain. Um, yeah, that, that would frighten anyone, right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It no, frightens man, me uh, sometimes. Yeah. So are we having a big crossover event and starting back over at zero? Is that what you're saying earlier? Uh, no, maybe not. No, uh, unless you want to go back and re revisit the version of me that tried to change his voice on first episode. Oh, yeah. mm, nah, we'll stick with me. <laughs> Maybe so. So how's everybody? How's everybody been doing? All jokes aside, um, how's everybody's week started out? Everything going good? Well, so far, man, you know, just kind of business as usual, which means staying at home and <laughs> living the boring life for me. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm teaching a class this summer, so I have my I have my students to interact with. So at least there's at least there's that. But cool. yeah, it's there you go. How about you? Uh, I, well, you know what? I will have to say that I am very excited to get back into New Who, even though I've liked being in Classic Who. I'm excited to be back into New Who. And the biggest thing that I could say, if you're listening to the Listen, Rants, Repeat podcast that we've been talking about on this show, I am happy to say that over the last two days, I have recorded new episodes of bagels and brunettes which i absolutely love doing i thought that thing was called burgers and blondes <laughs> now or as fiona fawcett would say bagels and brunettes bagels so, yes yeah. but lee you did an episode that i think has gotten a lot of attention and it was basically somewhat of a psa meltdown <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah the the pitch line that i put with it was uh uh, this announcer can't get behind what he's selling. So, yeah, <laughs> I encourage people to try, try to find that one. It is. It's called a PSA failure. Yeah. 
And, there you and, go. and you were a success in your failure. That was very good, by the way. I've been getting a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, nice comments about that. So, yeah, very gratifying. Cool. Cool. Well, before we get to the news, I want to do a couple of shout outs. And, you know, as we were joking a moment ago, we are in the 200. We passed our 200th episode and we've gotten a little bit of feedback on the 200th episode. And one of that comes from Matthew Turnage, who is just saying congratulations on 200 and that he was listening to it yesterday as of, you know, to whenever he said I was listening to it yesterday, well, today, but which was yesterday, but you get, everyone gets my point. Mm-hmm. But um especially want to really say thank you to Matthew because he has been a supporter of all of our shows from the very beginning of when we first started back in 2016. And Indeed. so hats off across the board, Matthew. You are very, very 100% thanked for all the hours that you have spent with us. You are very, very much appreciated. So – uh, yeah, and I, I'll just uh, second that because uh, Matt is always – I just shortened his name. Sorry, Matthew. He's willing to <laughs> write in, give us feedback, give us comments, even joined us for the DS9 uh, documentary screening uh, a few months back. So, uh, yeah, just appreciate him uh, chipping in and being a part of the fam. Cool. Well, another person that has recently sent us some feedback when we asked the question, why is Doctor Who important to you, also gives us a nod to 200, which was Tracy Gold. And, of course, we got some nods from our friends Dave Cooper and Ian Bissett from Doctor Who Podshock and Cultum mm-hmm. Collective. So thank so, you for all of them. Absolutely. Ian says we look good for 200. Yes, And I will say the artwork that I did for the episode, I wanted to do something different. And Lee, thank you for your comment on Facebook that you did, because I was very strategic in putting the faces that I did put. And I just want you to know that since I excluded the brain of Morbius or Morbius and Dr. Solon from the story, they did at least appear in the artwork. Excellent. That's all you can ask. Cool. Well, my friends, you have some news, and I believe, Lee Shackelford, you're the one who has some news. So tell us, what's the news? Well, uh, I was not aware of this, and it was one of my uh, sort of non-Hoovian friends who pointed me towards it, but uh, GalaxyCon is going to do an online convention, and it's a multi-day event. It's it's kind of a big deal, but they are a... um, Kind of a big, um, a big tent, you know, a lot of different franchises that are being celebrated at GalaxyCon. But June 28th at noon, uh, they're having what they're calling the Doctor Who Live Experience. And they have corralled as online guests Doctors 6, 7, and 8. And that's interesting to me because I can't as many... Um, events as I've been to like this, where one of the the doctors has been there, I've, or with two of the doctors, have, I've never seen anybody able to get a sequence like this going. So that's kind of cool. But, but yeah, uh, coming to us via Zoom or something will be Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann. And um, so just check them out at GalaxyCon.com, cool. June twenty eighth. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, what I really think that is interesting about the way cons are happening right now, you can do that because scheduling is so easy. 
you just find a time that works for everybody and you don't have to worry about the logistics of, well, travel and I've got to be here tomorrow. You can be on a podcast recording in Australia and then five minutes later be on a uh, streamed event in the U.S. Yeah, why not? So, guys, do you guys have anything else before we actually get into our review? I do not. All right. Mr. Shackelford? No. All right. Well, I guess that means that I have no other recourse but to say, if you have not seen The Beast Below, go out, put us on pause, go watch the episode, come out, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 All righty, we are back, and we're back to review the beast below. This the is the same old spoiler warning. It's not. Oh yeah, but it's so good. <laughs> it makes no re- me I so mean, happy. We're at the same old too, so yeah, we don't need to change everything. No, no, yeah. no. We got to keep my because then then I'll have to some way incorporate it somehow else into. The episode, (laughs) you know, so if you replace my spoiler warning, it's going to happen somewhere else. (laughs) That is one of my seriously highlights of the whole episode is to be able to say, if you have not seen this episode, go out, watch the episode, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 You a hundred percent can't stop a train yes you can't all right <laughs> so we are back once again to review and i did just play the spoiler warning twice just fyi the beast below is the second episode of the 2010 series of doctor who originally airing on the 10th of april 2010 the episode starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor and Karen Gillan as Amelia Pond. Clarence Brown, some review. What say ye? So I've often said that Matt Smith was my favorite Doctor. Um, but man, I, it's going to take a while for me to get back into the rhythm of the type of Doctor he is. He's very much zany in a sense. It, it's kind of surprising for me to get back into that flow of what is Matt Smith as the doctor? But, you know, I think this is just the first step. <laughs> I'm be in deep after a while. It just, it just kind of hit me from going to the classic and, you know, reviewing a bunch of different doctors recently. It just feels weird to be back here. But that being said, I enjoyed the episode. Pretty good mystery. And yeah, I'm just trying to get back into the Matt Smith flow. Cool, because I want to talk about that a little bit more in detail in a moment. Lee, what say ye? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's uh, it's not an episode that I have deliberately revisited often, and now I'm wondering why not. Uh, it's uh, it's a witty, witty script. Uh, they, uh, the Doctor and Amy both get a lot of fun things to say, and we get Liz Ten, who is. Uh, <laughs> a, a very interesting character that I wish we'll actually we do see her again. I wish we'd seen her a lot more. Agreed. Agreed. So I liked this. I love the fact that we spent the time that we did dedicating to more than just an off classic episode. You know, we spent several, you know, eight to 10 episodes going back classic who 
Very glad we did that. That said, I'm so happy we're back into New Who, uh, Matt Smith's era. I want to talk about just a minute a little bit more into Matt Smith's 11th Doctor at this point. But for the story, I'll echo what Lee said. This is not one that I go back and watch regularly. It is not one that I dislike. It's just for whatever reason, I don't go back. But all that said, I did enjoy it. I do agree it's witty. And for some reason, I think it's very timely. And and we'll get to that a little bit later mm-hmm. in the story. But I think there are some connotations or story points that I just paid a little bit more attention to this time, I think, than what I do in the past. So very much enjoyed it. So let's get into what I keep referring to Matt Smith, going back to Matt Smith's doctor. This is Matt Smith pretty much fresh out of the gate as the 11th doctor. I'm not quite remembering what recording order that it happened, but for all intents and purposes, this is his second episode airing wise. This is a different version of his 11th doctor. In my opinion, he's still green as the doctor at this point. I don't think his 11th doctor has solidified yet. And Clarence, I think that may be why you're feeling a little bit of needing to adjust because if you go and see the 11th doctor at the end of his reign, or his error. Obviously, I like him if I'm calling it his reign. Um, <laughs> I think he's quite different. So what do you guys think? No, I, saying, I agree that he that he does get much more serious as his time goes on as the doctor. There's one flash in this episode. I want to say that's when uh, he kind of lashes out at Amy a bit about making decisions for him. Where I saw that doctor that I remember the most that serious shift in tone that, you know, really strikes fear in a sense. (laughs) And and that's kind of what I remember more of Matt Smith. You know, I haven't revisited his episodes in a while. And, and yeah, I I agree with you. I think he is going to get more serious as it goes on. But, but for some reason, having gone back and watched all the doctors from classic up until now, with the exception of number eight, he seems way more zanier than than all the rest of them for some reason. And and I know that's not consistent with the other doctors, maybe just the episodes we saw at the time. But um, but definitely, definitely he came off as a little zany at first to me. Not not zany, uh, flubbering idiot, but more just I'm having fun, you know. <laughs> but what do you guys think? Uh, one of the things that struck me this time was that I, since, I guess since the last time I saw Beast Below, I've had the opportunity to see Matt Smith in a number of other things, uh, including in The Crown, where he's been Prince Philip, and is, who, and is, of course, as different from the Doctor as can be. And it's helping me to see some of the actor choices that he was making here back when this was really the only thing I, I knew him for. I mean, I, for all I knew, this is just him playing himself. But it's not. He's making some very careful choices. And it, he's playing the doctor as somebody who is um, who's on the autism spectrum. He, he seems to have uh, different sensory um, 
experiences than um, uh, neurotypical people. He he has a different social affect. His face is sometimes hard to read. He he just he just seemed to me like somebody who's uh, uh, on spectrum and and that's fun that we we have a superhero who's on spectrum you know um and 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 so some of that comes off as kind of kind of goofy he has this it, it feels like he's still trying to figure out what to do with his body which is consistent with the doctor having recently regenerated um he's he's fully aware of himself now but he's still kind of trying to figure things out and he's got a new companion and he's explaining his life to her and we get the sense that he's sort of discovering it as he's saying it. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, too, that he that he just talks and talks. But every now and then, as he's talking, he sort of registers, yeah, what I'm saying is right. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, real quick, Kyle, let me correct myself. Yeah, sure. I said the eight doctor. I really meant Sylvester McCoy, the seven doctor. So, yeah. Uh, with that zaniness when right. he uh, kind of first regenerates. When he when he's sort of skating around and going around corners and yeah, he's yeah. clowning, yeah. It's interesting. I'm sitting here listening to Lee, the things that you just said, and that wonder and that childlike and that fascination. We've used those same descriptions to to give descriptions of the thirteenth doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, um Here's how I interpreted him. He did feel different because these are other than the episode, um, right before this, the 11th hour, you know, his early episodes. And honestly, just like David Tennant's episodes, his early episodes were some that I didn't revisit, you know, as often as I maybe should. That said, looking at it from a viewpoint of a reviewer trying to, you know, understand the story maybe some of the choices that he took as an actor was this is the youngest body that the doctor at that time had was known to have had all of his regenerations had been into an older body and maybe he was still filling out that youngness and the vibrance (laughs) of the younger body Mm -hmm. but kind of echoing what clarence said earlier my note that i wrote about this was and I'll quote my note, which is early days for Matt Smith. But even here, I can see hints of the actor's ability to go from the boyish innocence to the wizened stare. And and it's specifically what you were referring to, Clarence, that look that he gives Amy, where you see him just staring through her. Yeah. And, and a second before, it's all fun and games and smiles. And the next thing you know, he's staring with intensity, which I think is brilliant for him as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the 13th. Um, uh, I just, I, I kind of, well, you mentioned Jodie Whittaker's doctor. I kind of feel like with her, it feels more manufactured, like the enthusiasm. Like with Matt Smith, it feels more natural. Agreed. Yeah. Hmm. So. Interesting, and I don't, and I don't know yeah. why it feels that way, <laughs> but mm. but a sort of uh, childlike wonder or uh, experience of uh, of things of you know really seeing them for the first time in that way that we do when we're children, I feel like that is one of the the lines that we can actually draw through the Doctor always, uh, even even from the first Doctor um, of just getting caught up in things and saying, "Look at this! Isn't this interesting?" This is amazing. While everybody else says, yeah, okay, that's, <laughs> you know, uh, I always think of the fourth doctor as being the, the, the 
Well, I mean, Sarah Jane calls him out on being childish. What's the point of being childish? What's Wait, what's the point of being a grown-up if you can't be childish sometimes? Sometimes, yeah, exactly. So before I move on to he and Amy's relationship, I want to go and back to what Clarence said about Jodie Whittaker's feeling more manufactured. And I have a theory, and... This is one of the reasons I'm so excited to be back to the or this particular era of New Who. This is where I think, no matter how much I enjoyed it before, Murray Gold was like hitting his stride, in my opinion, with some of this music. And I'm wondering, I would love for someone to rescore some of Jodie Whittaker's moments with some of the Murray Gold music. <laughs> and I'm wondering if it would feel manufactured. Is it because we had this beautiful musical score under some of the things that why you feel the energy? Because the, the, dun, 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 is yeah. all energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I miss it. I really do. Uh, I, 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 and, you know, I, I don't want to, to down the the new artist who's doing this music, some of which has been completely uh, uh, just gorgeous. But I, I do feel like a lot of us, a generation of us, you may say, imprinted on this as being what Doctor Who sounds like. Yeah. And I, I do. I miss it. Yep, me too. Obviously, uh, so, you know. Now, now we ha we have the soundtrack albums. Am I, do I remember right that the thing that we're always singing that's that track is called "I Am the Doctor." I am the Doctor. That's what it's got. Da dum dum bum 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 bum. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and even you know the the energy that that gold projected with the re uh, envisioning of the theme tune for season five was mm -hmm. all about you know energy and excitement and everything so yeah. so speaking of energy and excitement amy and 11 <laughs> what did we think of their this is you know karen gillen's first full episode as the sole companion version of amy with the doctor and there weren't any rory's there this was just the doctor and her what did you guys think about those two's relationship as they played off of each other yeah, uh, unquestionable chemistry between the two. Uh, they they're just beautiful working together. Um, you know, even early on, he he allows uh, Amy to go off on her own, which a bit surprising. You know, this is their first outing that we see away from from Earth, and it's a bit surprising that he would let her go out on her own. But but yeah, I guess that shows some confidence he has in her. And as far as them two working together, I think every moment they're on screen together, the chemistry is just beautiful. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Two young, you know, whippersnappers. <laughs> All right, Lee. What say you? That's right. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but they are. They. It is. Um. Uh. The kids who are the doctor and the companion, and they they seem like. Yeah. For the first time, it feels like we have companions who are who at least present to be the same age. Yeah. Um. Which is yeah. It is. It's very interesting. Um. And I, I, the the thing that I admired about this script that I had only sort of vaguely remembered was that it is it is that episode that we've come to expect now where the doctor has uh, adopted a new companion and is giving them the ground rules. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's rules change from time to time. Um, and but this time it's a, this is how we do things. And I love this whole 
discussion, but he, he, he tells her that we don't interfere. And <laughs> all of us who have been fans of the show for years snort and say, wow, this is going to be interesting to see. How, and of course, you know, it lasts for exactly 10 seconds. And yeah, uh, but, um, but yeah, so I just think that's very interesting. Her, her curiosity, her willingness to, to go along and to figure out what the rules are. But she is also a very um, uh, self-aware, self-prepossessed person. And so she's, she's also thinking, yeah, well, that's what he thinks. Cause I'm also going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Yep. Totally, totally, totally agree. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Go ahead. Well, she tells the little girl, you know, I've never let a, you know, keep out sign. Stop me. <laughs> so, Alrighty. It doesn't run when the big tentacle thing like pops up. <laughs> no, like, you're not going to get out of there. I mean, she's not a screamer. No, no. Yeah. And you know what? That is one of the reasons. Again, I am so glad we went back to classic who, because we saw male and we saw screaming male and, yeah. We see Amy, who is another redheaded character, who is absolutely <laughs> nothing like male. I mean, nothing. She's not male. No, she's not male. She is Amelia Pond. Yes. Um, so I want to ask real quick, Lee, you made a reference yesterday to the doctor's reaction to the crying child. And you, you mm-hmm. said that that really you know, kind of caught your attention. Elaborate for us. Well, we've been in the, uh, uh, we're, we're on the, the trail right now of uh, quotes, or I don't know, not quotes, but uh, this idea of what, who the doctor is to us, why we care about the doctor, and why the doctor has had significance for us in our lives. And I, uh, watching this episode, I really felt like, you know, at one point I kind of punched the air and said, okay, that's it for me. He's told her we never interfere in the affairs of peoples or planets. And we, out in the audience, were going, that's clearly not true. Why is he lying to her? Yeah. And more important, what's the truth? What's the real truth? We know you're not supposed to, but you always do. And then he actually leaves while Amy's still looking at the scanner. I love that. And she sees him out outside the ship. <laughs> on yeah, the scanner. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. And he's beckoning to her. Like, oh, okay. I was standing here talking to you. Anyway. Um, Great moment. So as this goes on, but he's gone outside because the girl is crying. And he has made a sort of a series of Sherlockian uh, deductions about what it means that this girl is crying and other people aren't noticing. And, of course, he's right. And... That's what he's concerned about is this police state and about the fact that this girl clearly needs comforting and nobody's doing it. So then there's this moment where Amy is going to pin him down. You know, she says, so let me get this straight. You never interfere in the affairs of other peoples or planets unless there's children crying. And the doctor hesitates for only a second because that sounds like she's writing a rule for him. But he says, yes. I said, and I said ones. yep. And of course, this turns out to actually be crucial to the, this specific story that that revelation about him is actually going to be the solution to the big problem in the end. But, um, but I also just think it is a big true thing that has always been true about the doctor. I love it. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I found it, you know, this is Amy's first adventure with the doctor. Well, second adventure, first time leaving her. I, I found it, 
a bit of a stretch, even though I do really love this story. I find it a bit of a stretch for Amy to be able to extrapolate um, what the doctor is and how he helps children and mm-hmm. extrapolate in the children's pain, misery, and how he's able to translate that to the, the beast below. Uh, it, it, it was beautiful as far as the story goes, but it felt like a uh, almost a stretch too far for her to be able to do that. And I don't know. It just, yeah. it just didn't feel right. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. It's um, it, we we love that she's that intuitive, but that is intuitive verging on the superhuman. <laughs> okay, well, you really understand him, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have a plausible, maybe not plausible, but I'll give it to you anyway. Explanation. <laughs> you want me to go for it? Yeah. yeah. All right. No, so I, I just want just want an explanation. That's all right. So there we will come a time in a story where we find out that because of Amy's exposure to the crack that was in mm. her wall for all of those years, that she was able to see beyond something that we will see happening in a later season. So and they say that in story. This is not something Kyle made up. They say that in that episode, how she recognizes and remembers a certain character that said maybe the fact that she's been exposed to the crack in her wall and has that ability makes her intuitive in a way to things like this maybe okay maybe right. so oh bye yeah. yeah yeah and the crack is actually on the starship uk as well and so. she's still <laughs> absorbing from mm-hmm. the crack in the wall or the crack in so the ship yeah, and, and now that you mentioned Starship UK, uh, I really love the part of the story uh, of um, the little girl talking about the Scots had their own ship. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and Amy says nothing changes. Oh, man. And you know what, Clarence, that is an answer, maybe not for U.S. politics and U.S. current history, but at the time when this was recorded, that was all about the Scottish referendum trying to, you know, be their own separate entity. So yep. this is another, for the UK at least, current event that was going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and like, if you, even if you related to now, didn't, didn't Scotland try to not get into the Brexit agreement, if I remember correctly, or it might have been some other country or part of the UK? Oh, it was complicated. I, I know there's a question about which of the Irelands would go and which would, you know. Yeah, Ireland, yeah. yeah. So, mm. yeah. Well, well, think of it, too. You know, Stephen, at this point, we still have uh, Northern Ireland being Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. So, well, speaking of Northern Ireland and Great Britain, <laughs> I think that's the perfect segue into talking about Liz 10. Oh, of course. So, um, Clarence, I think I pointed to Lee last time. I'll point it to you this time. Liz 10. What did you think about Liz 10? I thought the actor was rather radiant. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie, and I can't say her last name. Okanedo. Okanedo. But yeah, I really like this idea. And if you get into more to the depth of the story, of how, at least at this point, she thinks she has this uh, impossible choice. And what better than to forget 
and just live on like nothing's happening in the background. <laughs> just live on your life, you know, oblivious to what's really going on, even so much to where it's uh, her decision has uh, permeated throughout the whole of the Starship UK or Spaceship UK. And yeah, I just really like that as a concept. And I really love how they kind of have these cycles of where she's getting these pieces. It's revealing what's really going on. And yet and still after what they define as like a 10 year period um, or whereabouts every 10 years, she has to press this button and go back into the state of um, not knowing uh, red or green pill, a red or blue pill. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I really love that. And I thought, again, the actor did a wonderful job um, in the role. Um, yeah. So I, I thought her chemistry with the doctor was good as well. Okay. Lee. Oh, I, I was quite taken with her as well. And, and, uh, <laughs> uh basically I'm the queen, right? Um, <laughs> basically I rule. It's a, actually, it's the line. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. But it, it is, it's an interesting conundrum for her. And, and it points towards what I think Stephen Moffat is really getting at here that, uh, that keeps the story timely, that it's easy for all of us to pretend like our, lives our world goes on the way it does without acknowledging the awful things underneath that make it all work um and it is it was ever thus you know It, it it's it's like it's always been that way um and 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 it's it's enough a part of human nature that um i think that's sort of why it made sense for the people to enslave I use the word deliberately, the star <laughs> whale, because that's what we do. And the idea of saying, hey, let's ask the star whale if it'll take us along. That just seems to have never occurred to anybody except Amy. We just never thought about that. Yeah. It's just it's just it's not in our nature. <laughs> and and you, you're so far along, you forget how it all started. Mm-hmm. This the star whale was helping out at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, you, you you don't remember the origins. You you just kind of keep going as it were, and don't try to dissect or figure out how things work or get to the root of the matter. You just this mm-hmm. business as usual. Well, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters, and I'm not talking about literally. I'm talking about in the mindset of 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 the story. Only thing that matters is we must survive and. We must, and, and oh, this is going to be a way we can survive. It's all about you get into that mindset and it's, it's like what you guys are just saying. And this is again, one of the cool things about time passing between when you watch the episode in 2010 and we're older now, all three of us, and there, there are circumstances going on in the world right now. I saw this completely different than any time I've ever watched this before, I put a note that says society is often built and carried on the backs of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd yeah. never seen that before from this story, but, but with everything that's going on in the world right now, that, that was just blaring at me as, you know, this is a good context or a good picture uh, of that because you know, and going back to the the choice of do you protest or do you forget, I'm thinking of protests that have happened over injustices in the past that last a couple of days, and then we forget about them, and we forget the names of whatever you were protesting about, 
because they just get lost back into the forgetfulness of the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe it's what's going on now that makes this so raw in my head, but it's like these things never occurred to me before watching this episode, but they do this time. Yeah. 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 Are you, are you going to, uh, stick something in this creature's brain, put your foot on their neck, or are you mm-hmm. going to talk to it? Yeah. See what it's about. Maybe it wants to help you. <laughs> right. Maybe it was there mm-hmm. in the beginning to help it from the beginning and then you enslaved it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so let's, let, let's switch the conversation a little bit lighter because I was getting deep there. Um, well, here's something that I did not understand about the whale. What were the, Things that looked like uh, scorpion tentacles, if this is mm. a whale. I understand it's a space whale. <laughs> it's a space whale. So, okay. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, these are sort of protuberances that are coming up off of the uh, the whale and you know, growing up into the city. But Yeah, and I'm wondering if Star Trek Discovery just didn't totally steal this idea uh, from this episode. Because they have something called a Garmagander. In and uh, a few of their episodes, uh-huh. that looks basically just like this thing, and it's, they call it a space whale on the show. Now I don't know if that's invented in other science fiction or something. It probably has, but yeah, it looks just like this one. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, I remember that one of the um, uh, members of the Legion of Superheroes, uh, who's is it Cosmic Boy? I can't remember, but anyway, his real name is Joe Nah really. And he gained his powers after being swallowed by a star whale. <laughs> oh, and, Jonah. And his name was Jonah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but he came up with superpowers. So anyway, so yeah, it's the, it, it's, it, it's been around. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Um, all right. So before we, uh, I'm going to ask in, in just a moment, a question to you guys. One thing I want to mention before I completely forget it. I, I did love the fact of when they uh, first Amy and the little girl start going down the chute or wherever it was that they were going to look into. They see this sign that says Magpie Electrical. I just thought that was yes. so cool. I didn't catch that until the second time I saw this, but I remember that moment of going, what? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that the episode where we get the woman in the TV going, hungry? That's the one. Okay, cool. I just wanted to say that just FYI, okay. so I had to ask No idea what you guys are talking about. No. Yeah, that's in the future, so we, we oh. haven't, haven't been there yet. <laughs> no, actually, it's in the past, wasn't it? Because it was in... Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's the Tenth Doctor and Rose. Yeah, yeah, of course, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. Series two. Yeah, the idiot box. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that all starts at Magpie Electrical. Yeah. So, oh, that's right. Okay, hungry. That's that's the one that has the guy that we didn't like. That I said I wanted bad things to happen to. Yes, that was so mean to his family. Right. Okay. Yep. That one. All right. So that leaves me to the point of saying, gentlemen, are there anything that we have? missed that you guys had written down before we get into our quote and our scene was there any other points about the story that you guys had that you that we've not brought up yet and clarence i'll start with you uh, a few things uh first off i just love this intro it just gets you i'm not i'm not a person who really watches the intros or care about them but man it really gets you in the mood to watch some doctor who <laughs> really good stuff i'm clapping for you and um and it's 
it also like on, on, on the production side, uh, now I watched this on HBO Max, and I don't know if there's some interpolation issues with the frame rate. The frame rate looked really fast. So I, I don't know what they did to maybe push it to 30 or 60, whatever was running on my, should have to be 30, what was running on my Xbox One uh, X. It just seemed weird. And I, I don't know if you guys experienced the same thing. It it just felt like it was too many frames in there. It, it w- definitely wasn't 24. Um, so just just observation on the production thing. Um, and also, I could have sworn there was David Ajala as one of the henchman guys. And I, I should have looked it up. But he's the guy who plays Manchester Black on Supergirl. And also, he's going to be in uh, season three of Discovery. I'm sure that's the same guy, but I should look it up. Maybe I'll look through that one. I just... <laughs> Happened to have IMDb open because I kept correct. looking at that guy okay, cool, saying cool. <laughs> he looks so familiar. And I'll tell you who I thought he was. I thought he was the guy from the uh, TV show at first humans that we've, that we've watched. He is not that guy actually uh-huh. appeared or will appear in season 10 or series 10. Um, one of the episodes with Missy. So, all right. Uh-huh. Any, anything else, mm-hmm. Mr. Brown? I oh well I'll say more other parts right, for the, Lee, the what quotes say you? I guess. Mm, not much else to add here. Um, just uh, again that I, I appreciate all the witty byplay that uh, everybody. So many characters here get to get to cute and clever things to say. I, I love that. Uh, for example, that Liz Ten has uh, she's heard of the Doctor. The things that she knows is that he's. Uh, that he seems young and old and he, you know, he's wise and has been everywhere and he has the hair of an idiot. <laughs> so she has, she has seen this guy coming and said, that's him. All right. <laughs> so let's get to our favorite quote and I'll start this one. My favorite quote, even though there were some others that were good, this one just for the whole wibbly wobbliness of it just caught my attention. So I'm going to use it. It was Amy, and when she was talking to the child, she said, a long time ago tomorrow morning. I just thought the whole concept of a long time ago tomorrow morning was just freaking awesome. So that is my favorite quote. So, Lee. Well, she is 1,039 years old. Yeah. (laughs) And her marital status is undetermined. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But her name is Jessica. Her middle name is Jessica. Uh, I didn't know that until now. Uh, Yeah. well, I've already said that I, that my favorite line is, um, you never interfere in the affairs of other people or planets unless there's children crying. Or maybe that's my favorite scene because I, I like that uh, that confrontation. But Amy saves the day by asking the doctor this, talking of the Starwell, what if you were really old and really kind and lonely and your whole race did? What couldn't you do then? Mm-hmm. If you were that old and that kind, the very last of your kind, you couldn't just stand there and watch children cry. Yeah. It's like a knife Love between it. the ribs. Got him. Love it. All right, Clarence, what yeah. say you? <laughs> Help us, doctor. You're our only hope. Which I think Liz <laughs> Ten says, uh, which is an obvious reference to an obvious other property out there. So I love huh. that. Hmm. I'm At least I think to is. look it up. Yeah. <laughs> this doctor, you're our only. Yeah, I, I got that hmm. too. Okay. And there was another scene from uh, that that was very reminiscent of another property out there when they were in the, yeah. the mouth yeah. for all intents and purposes. Yes, yes. Trash compactor. Very, very much a good call. Right. 
shut down all the garbage mashers on the descent so, level. <laughs> okay. And what a moment when they flash to the teeth. Mm. That, 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 that was, I love that scene. Yeah. It just like kind of panned out. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> We're in it. And if you've ever seen um, Disney's Pinocchio, of course, uh, they get inside Monstro the Whale. And there is the identical thing of sort of looking around and seeing, you know, the roof of his mouth. It's like, wow. And you're thinking, it can't get any worse than this. Yeah. And then they look the other way and you go, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could. Oh. Mm. All right. So favorite All right. scene. Clarence, I'll start with you this time. Favorite scene. Mm, I think we took all the good ones already, but I'll just mention <laughs> Lee talked about um, the doctor saying he doesn't interfere. And then at the very beginning, uh, Amy asks him, uh, what are you going to do? And he says, what I always do, stay out of trouble badly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he got just marches on into trouble. All right. <laughs> Lee, what say you? I... Uh, yeah, there's there's so many so many things to love about this episode. Really, uh, I will say that one of the things that I really especially appreciated seeing it this time was Amy uh, separated from the Doctor. She is on her own, a thousand years in the future, and God knows how far from home, uh, and she still wants to go past the keep out sign uh. because that's sort of who she is. And keeping up this byplay with Mandy while she's doing it, you know, how did you not know about this? Are you Scottish too? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, it's just, uh, Mandy will later ask the doctor, but yeah, uh, it's just, it's just great. It's just a great scene. And then of course, you know, she's rewarded with this scorpion stinger coming at her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe I should. All right. So my, so, so this one's going to be a stretch, but, but, but we're just going to stretch because I actually watched this four different times rewinding it and it just had me grinning from ear to ear. And it's something that mm. Clarence has already mentioned. I, my favorite scene was the opening credits and hearing and seeing the TARDIS flying after not seeing the TARDIS flying for a while. Oh, that was just like so cool. And I did literally mm. rewind it and watch it four different times and loved it. So my favorite scene is the <laughs> opening credits, hands down, loved it. Um, so there's my f uh, favorite <laughs> scene. So, um, yeah. Yeah, can I? Yeah, I'll just mention real quick though the fortune. Uh, those are fortune teller machine things, right? I, kind of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I want one question: What they were? They're creepy as heck, yeah, and though. I totally forgot Jeez. to mention that. Yeah. So, before we get to our closing, what did you guys think? Uh, Clarence, I think we already know what you think, but Lee, what did you think of the <laughs> clockwork uh, fortune tellers? <laughs> Yeah, the the winders and smilers and everything. I just remember that uh, I, at one of the um, conventions where somebody had the whole line of uh, all the uh, uh, action figures and so on. Uh, that uh, I guess the year after this, that they were selling a uh, um, a miniature of the the winders and the smilers and so on. And I, I they weren't flying off the shelf. I noticed. <laughs> I, I sort of thought, yeah, exactly. Who would want this in your house? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, I have the Morbius monster in my bookshelf, but you know, I, that's a, that's not exactly pretty either. But yeah, so. yeah, and that, I, I found it like uh, impressive how they had this whole system to keep everybody in submission. I did. I found that really interesting. It was well thought out. <laughs> it really is, and I, 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 like I said before, I love the the Doctor sort of Sherlockian 
um, he's taken it all in at a glance and he knows there's trouble and he can explain it to Amy without even looking at it again. You know, say, no, police state. You can tell. Here's how I know. And look at how clean those things are. Everything else here is dirty. What does that tell you? All right. So speaking <laughs> of great favorites, uh, we've already done our favorite scene. We've already mm-hmm. done our favorite quote. So final rating. And you know what? I will start. I'm going to give this simply because I'm so happy to be back to the Matt Smith era. But because I haven't gone back and watched this show or episode a lot, I'm going to give this four TARDISes flying through the time vortex in an opening scene. So that's going to be my uh, rating. Four flying TARDISes in a vortex as in the opening scene as my rating. So Clarence, what say ye? I will give it uh, four Star Wheels out of five. All right, Lee. Hmm. I'm going to go at the same time higher and lower than you because I'm going to give it four and a half nighties. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Did she ever change out of the thing? No. (laughs) No. Even even after it's been soaked in whale vomit, I I get the feeling that um, that Liz Ten helped her brush it up some at least you know because it, it did seem kind of clean and dry later on but and then they call it sick yeah. they call yes, it some- I'm covered in sick yes and, and, and you know right before we end let me say this one thing another well another thing that was interesting is seeing her as nebula and seeing him in the crown and see you know and we get older i mean that's just whatever but they looked so baby faced yeah. at this point yeah. Exactly. I, I'm glad you said that because I, I did. I wanted to mention that as well, that I just kept looking at her face going, her face is almost round. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's baby Karen Gillan. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I so. am so excited to be again back to Series 5. Can't wait for our next review. But before we go, one final question. And, Lee, I'll start with you this time. Where else might you be found on the Internet? Oh, all over the place. But I will, as always, point people towards RelativityPodcast.com. Mr. Clarence Brown, what say you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell everybody to stay locked in to DiscussingNetwork.com, where you can find all our shows. As long as you're staying locked locked in. in, Locked up, (laughs) wherever. Um, So... I think I'm going to point everyone listening. If you would like to join our conversation and have chats with us on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash groups slash discussing network and join our discussing network Facebook group. So gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. Had so much fun reviewing this with you guys. And for everyone listening, guess what? We will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.